So I'm talking to Matt from Unizest. Matt, before I get it wrong, what's your job title at Unizest? I'm CEO. I'm CEO and co-founder. Co-founder. Yeah, yeah. Is it just you here today or have you got some of your other founding team with you? Or We've got one of my, my co-founders here as well. Yeah. yeah? How are you finding the, the Startup Summit? It's good. It's my first one. Um, and I think it's been it's been good to actually put a couple of things on it. It's the first conference I've been to and been face-to-face. So it feels like getting back into normal swing of life which is great yeah so good to do that also good to come out of my business early stage startup is really intensive so to take a couple of days out on the face of it early early this week i was thinking you know, why, why am i doing this but it's been really good it's been refreshing i've had an opportunity to reflect on a few things and i think i'm going to take away two or three things i'm going to start doing differently or at least start leaning into next week and i think that's uh, surprising from my perspective uh, healthy and good so yeah it's been a good investment of time let's circle back to what you're going to do differently then I think that would be a nice way to finish this but, but before we kind of get anywhere else who are, who are Unizest? so okay so Unizest is a fintech startup uh, we went live in Q4 of last year we're an app based current account for people who are new to the UK so whether that is workers coming in contingent workers obviously the UK has a very large non-UK workforce, particularly in things like supply chain, but also in in gaps in our economy. So, for example, in the health service, uh, the care sector, um, and you know, typically hospitality. Obviously, that's been affected massively with COVID over the last couple of years, but that's opening up again. Um, and then the other part of the business is international students. UK has a, a huge international student community, and that's growing. Um, but the the problem our proposition solves it's a real pain in the ass to get a bank account if you're not from that country right. uh, without residential history um, we can do that and so we can actually get people a bank account set up a current account an app-based current account uh, before they actually arrive in the country so our roots market is through recruitment agencies who again are trying to get people into the country to start working they want to get them set up as soon as possible so that's uh, B2B2C proposition and getting people into the country and I guess it's all about international mobility. We are a a global economy and uh, it's great to see that moving again. How have you managed to make that easier? What what is it about your proposition that allows you to make that process and, and do it before they've even got into the country? Well, I guess there's two parts to that question really. One of them is uh, making it easy by putting it in front of people at the point where they need to make those decisions. So if you're sitting with a recruitment agency, whether that is for a job in the UK or for to become a student, that's the point when you're making decisions about stuff that you need to get sorted out. So working through recruitment agencies and integrating with them means it's very easy for them to say, look, are you going to need a bank account? Have you got one? No. Well, here's, here's our preferred one. So making it easy and then using you know, good fintech technology to make the onboarding process as simple as possible. So we've done things like embedding uh, a UK gov, uh, government um, proposition called share codes, which basically matches to nine digit code, which matches your passport against your visa because you need a uh, you need to be able to live and work in the UK to be able to get a, uh, a regulated current account. Uh, so we've, we've done things like that just to make it as simple as possible, you know, about a five step process, take a selfie, you know, do the KYC, but you know, it's all digital, so it makes it a lot easier for the customer. Out of interest, this might be a really stupid question, but is this not a service that maybe a Monzo or a Revolut could look to integrate into their service? I mean, how, how do you see the growth? I just, I just imagine that it, it is something that existing financial services providers yeah. might look at, but obviously they haven't, hence 
you know, yeah. just existing. So look, I mean, I think what we are we're looking at is a, is a really big niche. Um, I think again, without speaking for Monzo and, and Revolut, I can't. Um, but you know, Monzo are looking to be a lending bank. So so the customer type that they're looking for are going to be people who are going to lend money. That's how they're going to get their return on investment. And you know, Revolut, you know, similarly, they're looking for different types of customers than ours. Uh, so I think you know, we've got a, a big serviceable niche in the UK, and it's replicable in other marketplaces as well, where there's large amounts of sort of international movement. How has international movement come back out of the pandemic sorry trying to phrase that in the right way but as as we've kind of moved out of restrictions and borders are beginning to open yeah how has that affected the business i might imagine it's picked up but maybe that's a a false assumption yeah look i mean i think we've obviously been you know we set up our business possibly in the toughest time to do that yeah in terms of uh lockdown you know complete blockage on international movement but to be honest because we're a new business we we had that time to develop the proposition. So by the time we went live in the back end of last year, it was opening up. Um, but you know, without doubt, it's had a, it's had an impact on that sector. Um, what we're seeing now is uh, a gradual opening up of markets. So I'll give you an example of that. There are in the in in, in the UK, there's about four hundred thousand um, Aussies and Kiwis. Um, they pretty much all disappeared from the uh, from the UK economy and weren't able to come back until really, really recently. So what we're seeing is um, those people from New Zealand and Australia coming back. You know, typically, they come and live and stay in in, uh, in London for a period of time and then travel. Uh, but, but that didn't exist over the last two years. But it's really starting to see those people come back, probably from about March time. And then there are sort of cyclical patterns that occur. So. One of those is uh, from about now, actually, uh, seasonal agricultural workers are coming and we're working with recruiters who recruit into that space. And then the big, um, another peak for us is sort of um, August, September time where international students are coming back um, you know, to start, start courses. They haven't been able to come for a couple of years. This is the first year, so we're actually probably going to see a bumper year uh, for international students coming to the UK because there's been a bit of pent-up demand. Mm-hmm. So it's really not been ideal, but because we've been developing the product, getting everything sorted, I don't think it's impacted us that badly. Uh, it just means now we're ready to go. So typically speaking, access to financial services costs traditionally blue-collar workers, manual labour, more to access than middle-class, white, white-collared workers, yeah. which always seems slightly perverse, and places huge amounts of extra uh, mental and financial pressure on people who really need access to these services. How have you tried to take into account the fact that you're dealing with not only a demographic, there is a, there is a need, there is uh, a various, very obvious niche, but also a lot of pressure on those people and stresses. Yeah, look, I think that's a really good problem, and I think it's always the way that people with the least have to pay the most, which is uh, which is a shame. There's, there's about seven million people in the UK who are unbanked, um, and typically they are in the the worst socioeconomic you know, position. Um, and there are propositions who uh, work into that. Um, that's not our focus. Our focus is on people coming to the UK. And I think specifically within that, with, I guess we're talking on a broad umbrella of financial inclusion. It's been difficult for a lot of people coming to the UK to, to get a formal bank account. And that creates um, problems. So people are new to the UK are the most vulnerable to exploitation in the workplace. Um, and, you know, and 
you might have seen there's been quite a few quite public um, announcements on, on modern slavery as well uh, and that's often people who are very very new to country who are being exploited part of the problem is if they can't control how they get paid it, it, it opens up exploitation so I think from our perspective we're really passionate about making sure that people get access to a really good product which suits, serves their need now just, just another point to add in that as well We've also teamed up with uh, an NGO called Just Good Work, who are uh, who specialise in this because it's not just a UK problem; it, it, it's global as well. And they're, they're a charity who focus on giving um, access to information and services for people who are new to country, uh, including uh, access to helplines specifically about exploitation in the workplace. Uh, and that, that's the type of things that we're, we're leaning into, recognising the makeup of our customer base and we've really been supported by our scheme provider which is MasterCard um, and actually they've also supported us because I guess at the extreme of that is refugees uh, which is obviously very much in the in the news at the moment with Ukraine but you know refugee issue is not just about Ukraine there are lots of other uh, origins of refugees MasterCard is supporting us to be able to extend our proposition into that space as well yeah at the beginning of the interview you talked about the fact that you will go home with a couple of different ideas about how you might approach some challenges or ways of looking at things, maybe not challenges, yeah. but ways of looking at things. What are they? Yeah, okay, so one of the things that I've um, really stopped and listened to whilst I've been here, there's been a lot of focus on talent uh, and about how difficult it is to, to get talent, uh, retain talent, and some of the specific uh, stresses and strains on talent in, in, in startup business. I actually spoke yesterday uh, um, on the stages about mental health issues um, in, in early stage businesses, having been a you know, founder several times, been around the blocks a few times and uh, you know, got some war stories on the way. And it's probably something we don't, we don't talk about a lot or enough. Uh, it's often seen as a bit of a weakness if you're struggling. So, uh, uh, and we have to project this image of always on positivity all the time. Um, but but specifically in terms of talent, I think some of the things I'm going to take away is, is really almost having a look at how do we reset? Is it an opportunity for us to say, look, what are we doing well as a small team that's looking to scale over the next 12 months? What have we got in place now that's working really well? What are the are there any fault lines? Can we be really honest and look at some of the fault lines that we're sort of maybe just papering over a little bit? Can we just address them a little bit more openly and honestly? Um, and then, you know, then really look at, well, what do we need? What, what do we need to progress from a talent perspective uh, on what's hampering us? And I think that's, you know, I've, I've probably got a, you know, some, some personal things to look at in that in terms of you know, my leadership style, what I've been doing. Have I just been too, too focused on just driving forward, driving forward without taking some, some breaks to, to check in on my team? Uh, so I think the, mo the most of the takeaways I've taken from today is about people uh, and about how we, you know, we as a small team and a small community uh, work together and how can we be more effective. And there's been some really, really good speakers on that, um, some really good ideas. Um, and the best one uh, I, I heard, um, just as a little bit of a soundbite for you, is that I need to go and hire a Kung Fu Panda. Right. Yeah, I'm not sure if anyone else picked on that. This is a, uh, I, I thought that was a great little, uh, little soundbite. And, and really what that meant is uh, in early stage businesses, um, you know, I've worked in very large businesses myself in, in the past, like GE, where you very much worked in a specific lane and that you became a specialist in that. 
early stage businesses need people who can do everything well and do that with full enthusiasm and I think I need to go and get myself a country panda well look it's been a pleasure to speak um, when are you heading home? I'm heading home tonight well I hope you've enjoyed yourself in Barcelona and thanks for, for making some time to have a chat that's a pleasure